Have you ever wondered where you really stand with God? Are you overcome with feelings of guilt because of things you've done wrong? Are you tired of religion that focuses on rules that you can't keep? Have we got good news for you? It's time to listen in on some casual conversation with Mike Kapler and Joel Brzezinski and discover what true freedom is all about. This is Growing in Grace. Thank you for taking the time out once again to join Joel and myself. I'm Mike Kapler. He's Joel Brzezinski. And this is Growing in Grace, our weekly little podcast here for about 15 minutes to uh, kind of focus on the good news. I'm talking good news about the gospel and what Jesus Christ has done for all of mankind. Um, if you're tired of religion, like the intro said, if, if you're frustrated, if, if, you, if you feel guilty, if you're just tired of trying and uh, constantly failing, uh, this is the place for some good news. We're, we're not here to burden you with anything. And Joel, one thing I do wish, I wish I had known more about what the gospel really is yeah. many years ago. Yeah, I hear you. Could have saved a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of pain, a lot of suffering, and a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of, you know, so many people go through so much because the gospel is not preached right. You know, it's a false gospel. It's it's not the real gospel that gets preached out there. It's not good news that gets preached in a lot of places. It's not good news that, that gets taught, and a lot of heartache uh, because of that. Uh, a lot of problems in relationships because uh, so much, so many heavy burdens are put on people. Uh, so much, you know, lack of truth is out there. And so, you know, as we've said before, Cap, you and I aren't saying we've got all the answers to everything, but man, we've got what we believe is good news uh, that will hopefully bring out the love and the joy and the peace and and all of that good fruit that um, you know the Lord himself produces in us and and bears through us you know we're meant to live an abundant life uh we're meant to live a life of peace you know you know having been justified by faith we have peace with god uh too many people cap too many people are not experiencing that peace and that's one of the reasons why we do this program uh, so that people will know that they know that they know that they have peace with god it's it's so important that this gets out yeah, and we're going to continue talking a little bit here about the difference between the Old Covenant and the New, because it is an important thing to understand. And we'll even later on get into, maybe not this week, but uh, we'll get into, um, you know, when did the New Covenant really start? Uh, I think it's not necessarily where the New Testament starts, but uh, we'll talk more about that later. But, you know, one thing we, we mentioned, Joel, that we'll also be working toward is that under the Old Covenant, we couldn't be made righteous, and, and that's a big problem. But the difference, uh, we, we kind of closed off last week with some, some important points about the difference between the Old Covenant and the New Covenant. And um, I'm not sure where you want to pick up here, probably somewhere in the book of Hebrews where we were. Yep, I suppose somewhere in Hebrews. Um, well, actually, let me back up. Let me, um, let me, I got something in Colossians here, and, and that'll help us to get into that, I think. Um, you know, Paul's talking about, in Colossians 2, uh, he's talking about how, he says, And you, being dead in your trespasses and in the uncircumcision of your flesh, God has made alive together with him, with Jesus Christ, having forgiven you all trespasses, having wiped out the handwriting of requirements that was against us. Man, that is a big thing. <laughs> well, first of all, he has made us alive together with Christ. 
He's made us alive together with the creator of the universe. If you look in Philippians, you'll see that Jesus uh, is, you know, was the was over all of creation. You know, look that up for yourself. But he has made us alive together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses. That's a great thing in and of itself that, that we've been forgiven. A lot of people don't even realize that they've been completely forgiven of all sin. Uh, and then it says he has wiped out the handwriting of requirements that was against us. That's the Ten Commandments. That's the law. He wiped it out. It was because, as it says here, it was against us. It was contrary to us. And Paul goes on to say he has taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross. And um, from there, I go over to um, I go over to Hebrews, where yeah, last week we talked about Jerry, Jeremiah, uh, as Cap so lovingly called him, and how uh, Jeremiah had said he had talked about that first covenant having faults. And the fault was with the people because the people couldn't keep the covenant, and so God had to make a new covenant. And so we talked about that last week, and here in Hebrews 8.13, the writer says, Now in that he says a new covenant, he has made the first obsolete. So the he there is God. In that God says a new covenant, God has made the first obsolete. Now what is becoming obsolete and growing old is ready to vanish away. So you put those two passages together and we see the law has the law was contrary to us, it was against us. Paul called it the ministry of death, the ministry of condemnation. It could not bring life. That was not a good covenant, Cap, was it? <laughs> and so God had to make a new covenant and in doing so he made that first one obsolete. Boy, and and that is that's a killer because what we've got in so much of the church world today in Christianity today is a mixture of the covenants. Mm-hmm. It's like a hybrid covenant. Yep. <laughs> a little bit of the old, a little bit of the new. You shake them all up and you get this hybrid. Um, you're right, though, Joel. Obsolete in the dictionary, according to Webster, our English dictionary, it says, no, obsolete, no longer in use or no longer useful. I think that's incredible. Mm. We're, we're, we're no longer under that covenant. We, we have something totally brand new. And, and one of the things that's important to point out, because there are still people who follow this old covenant that is now obsolete, it's not doing them any good, but the, the, the priests under the, the old covenant will continually offer up sacrifices. The writer of Hebrews talks about this. Um, and continually offering up sacrifices. But Jesus, his sacrifice was once and and for all. He didn't have to keep going back. If you look later on in Hebrews chapter 9, Jesus didn't have to, you know, suffer from the foundation of the world. It was one sacrifice once for all. And he placed his blood, Joel, in, in the true holy of holies, in the heavenly holy of holies, that that that, uh, that tabernacle, that, that, that place, uh, that, not just a copy like what the high priest did under the Jewish old covenant. Um, it, it wasn't just a copy. It was the real thing. And so one sacrifice was all that was required because of perfect blood that was shed. And, of course, uh, blood represents life. You mentioned that uh, we were dead, now we've been made alive in him. And, and uh, Jesus lifted up the—last week we mentioned he lifted up the cup at the Last Supper that, that represented, symbolized his blood, symbolized life, uh, which was the new covenant, Jesus called it. So a lot of good stuff here. It's just what, what we're trying to, to help clarify is that— the old covenant no longer exists. Mm-hmm. 
See, the, the cross changed everything. And everything changed at the cross with, with the blood of Jesus, with his death. Uh, you know, I, you know, in uh, a little bit earlier in Hebrews, Hebrews 7, you know, the, the writer's talking about it, under that old covenant, there were many priests. And it says, and, and, you know, this can be funny if you look at this. Uh, it says, there were many priests because they were prevented by death from continuing. Well, you know, how about something that's, that, you know, something that stops something from continuing? Well, death would uh, would be a big thing there. <laughs> they, you know, the priests died, and so they had to keep on having more and more priests, and uh, nothing that the priests did could ever uh, make us perfect, could never take away our sins, could never do anything. They themselves died, but... But he, as the as uh, Hebrews seven twenty four says, but he Jesus Christ, because he continues forever. Actually, he's talking about Melchizedek here, but Melchizedek is a is, is a type of Christ. But he, because he continues forever, has an unchangeable priesthood. Therefore, he is also able to save to the uttermost those who come to God through him. Uh, you know, he saves people to the uttermost. That's something that the the blood of Jesus did, something that could never happen under that old covenant. So again, that old covenant had to end. Uh, it, it was no good, as you said, Cap. It it was it had to be made obsolete because this new covenant had to had to come in, and so the cross changed everything and so uh, i think last program cap you said something about you know how people will say well we've you know what about the old covenant that's the that's the bible you know how come we don't do the stuff that's in the old covenant well because the cross changed everything there was a reason there was a reason for that old covenant god set it in place uh, for a specific reason you know paul talks a lot about that um, it was meant to. It was meant to condemn. It was meant to be the ministry of death and condemnation because we needed to come to Jesus Christ, to God alone for life, and that's that's what we find in Jesus Christ. Yeah, old covenant priests making sacrifices that could never take away sin. The implication, of course, is that our sin was taken away when Jesus was introduced by John the Baptist. That's exactly what John said. Here comes the Lamb of God. He's going to take away the world's sin. That's an incredible statement that most people just just have a hard time comprehending. But I think you made a good point too, Joel, that um, when when God uh, through the prophet Jeremiah said that he he wasn't going to that he was going to write uh, the laws on our hearts and in our minds, he wasn't talking about the the Ten Commandments. Um, the Ten Commandments Paul referred to as the ministry of death uh, in Galatians. He he referred to them as bondage. Mm -hmm. uh, the, those those commandments from the law, the law in general was was bondage, and now we've been released from that in, into um, into a relationship of of love. We've been released into freedom. We've been released into forgiveness, and uh, boy, is that ever a good feeling! And it has nothing to do with how well I live my life. It has nothing to do with that. It's um, you know one of the one of our one of uh, the favorite phrases that. Um, I've heard uh, since coming into this freedom in Christ, something that an old pastor of ours said, Cap, um, and we've repeated it, I'm sure, before here, the, uh, you know, the gospel is not a gospel of change. It's a gospel of exchange. You know, it's not that, um, it's not that we change our behavior. That's not the gospel. The gospel has nothing to do with our behavior. And uh, as we wrap up here for this week, you know, 
you know, you know, sharing on on the differences between the old covenant and the new covenant. I think we'll uh, get into, you know, the question that that same pastor had asked one time: What is the gospel? You know, what is the gospel? And when when you think of the, of uh, of that word, the gospel, what do you think of? Maybe you could be thinking of of this um, up until the next, you know, until our next program. Uh, you, the listener, uh, what do you think the gospel is? It's an excellent question. And when that question was posed to me many years ago, what is the gospel to you? A lot of different things went in my mind, but nothing specific. We are going to be very specific next week when we talk about what the gospel is and what it means for you. Uh, because, you know, you hear these phrases, well, I've been preaching the gospel. Oh, he preaches the gospel. A preacher of the gospel. And what does that mean? And then there's, you know, people just think of this wide array of different things that you can extract from the gospel. And you can, but the gospel really kind of boils down to very one very important thing. And that's what we're going to talk about next week. Yeah, uh, we're going to talk about some, yeah, that really good, you know, the gospel, the good news. As you say, Cap, so many people have so many different use that word in so many different ways and hopefully we'll be able to share some thoughts that will get us focused on what the gospel really is this has been growing in grace with mike kapler and joel brzezinski heard weekly on gracewalk internet radio and other online sources around the world to access hundreds of past programs visit graceroots.org share it with a friend and listen again next week for more growing in grace